Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. In this episode, we will be looking at some of the times governments have experimented on their citizens. Experimenting on their citizens like lab rats? Yes, that's exactly right. This has happened in most, if not all countries, over many, many decades, in very calculated ways, under the nose of the general public, who are none the wiser. Human experimentation is something I have discussed on the show a few times, as it's been happening to people without their consent in very different ways. Most people still think government experimentation is a conspiracy theory and leave it at that. However, if you mention the Tuskegee experiments, then people will agree that the US government experimented on those people due to racial discrimination, right? The Tuskegee study began in order for scientists to observe how syphilis affected the human body and how long a person could survive with the disease. Strong backlash followed decades later because it was fucking unethical. I guess it makes it easier for people to process if race is involved. Who knows? As this is one of the more commonly known miscarriages of justice, we'll start with that one as an introduction into this dark, seedy world of human experimentation. The Tuskegee study, as it is known as, had about 600 participants. 399 of them had syphilis, and those men were in the experimental group. The remaining 201 were control subjects. A majority of the participants were illiterate and poor, which may be a big reason why they were selected for this study. Quote, The men were offered what most Negroes could only dream of in terms of medical care and survivor's insurance. They were enticed and enrolled in the study with incentives including medical exams, rides to and from the clinics, meals on examination days, free treatment for minor ailments, and guarantees that provisions would be made after their deaths in terms of burial stipends paid to their survivors." End quote. What scientists and medical professionals failed to share with participants was that in 1947, 15 years into the study, which started in 1932 by the way, penicillin became the standard treatment for the disease. So really and truly that was a cure. Bish bash bosh. This information was intentionally withheld because they wanted to see how syphilis affected these men's bodies. Please tell me that they weren't sadists without telling me that they were not sadists. Extremely unethical and illegal, but it happened. Quote, on July 25th, 1972, Jean Heller of the Associated Press broke the story that appeared simultaneously both in New York and Washington that there had been a 40-year non-therapeutic experiment called a study on the effects of untreated syphilis on black men in the rural South. Between the start of the study in 1932 and 1947, the date when penicillin was determined as a cure for the disease, Dozens of men had died, and their wives, children, and untold number of others had been infected. 
This set into motion international public outcry and a series of actions initiated by US federal agencies. End quote. A panel was then quickly assembled and it was found that researchers did in fact break a lot of rules during the study. Duh. A major one being informed consent. The men did agree to being part of the study, but they weren't informed about the details of the study. They would not have given informed consent if they knew researchers would infect them with syphilis and then hide the treatment from them. Nobody in their right mind would agree to an experiment on those terms, especially not for the small bribes of food and money they were offered. It was also revealed that the men involved in the study didn't even know the name of what they were actually participating in. In full, the study was actually called Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. So they were specifically targeting black men, which led to the outcry later on, a few decades later. Unfortunately, due to being misinformed, and also most of the men being from very poor and uneducated backgrounds, they had no idea that the treatment they were injected with would go on to infect their spouses and children they may conceive during that period of time. The study was abruptly ended in October 1972. Quote, In the summer of 1973, attorney Fred Gray filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of the men in the study, their wives, children, and families. It ended a settlement giving more than $9 million to the study participants, end quote. I'm going to be completely honest because $9 million doesn't cover the physical, mental, and emotional damages caused to these men and their families. This incident, amongst many others, would be a prime example of public health hurting people rather than helping them which is what they were entrusted to do at the start of the 20th century when it was established. The scientists conducting this Tuskegee study were supposed to be representatives of public health and thus should have had a duty of care towards all their participants under the US law and its public health acts. There can always be risks in human experiments and this is why all risks should be assessed and most importantly shared with participants as they should have a right to know. Then, if they decide to go with it, of course it's on them. After all, they are willing to let you use them for scientific experimentation, so full informed consent should be the least you should do. Researchers involved in the experiment felt that the information was too complex to explain and the average person would not be able to understand, let alone a poor, uneducated Negro man. They were not sorry for what they did, they were only sorry they got caught. Had the story not have been broken, who knows how far they may have taken things. For black Americans, this created a deep-rooted mistrust of medical institutions to this day. Want to hear one about the UK now? This goes back a few decades too, as most of these experiments are not released to the public until a certain amount of time has passed. Like with the US government, they have the Freedom of Information Act where their government has to release things, things that they've been up to and they need to release that I think every 40 or 50 years. That's why we all know so much about what the CIA were doing in the 50s, 60s and 70s for example. And they have a Freedom of Information Act 
here but it's not called that i think it's called public records and it's the ministry of defense that actually releases that my theory is that governments wait a few decades to tell the public things because they're hoping that by then all the people that the experiments were conducted on are either dead or anyone that was old enough to remember will also be dead or too old and senile to connect the dots it also avoids people filing lawsuits, inquiries and other legal actions, which would only then put more of a spotlight on the government's, I guess, secret workings or secret doings. Off on a tangent though, I do get quite passionate about things like how the government lies to you and tries to be super sneaky all the time because they're still doing it. It's not an old thing. It's not something that they've changed. They've not become nicer. They're just better at hiding things. But I just want to highlight their wrongdoings in the past because they've learned from that they learn from every mistake and then they try to be better the next time so you can't find out what they've done between 1940 and 1979 the british government sector known as the ministry of defense yes that is its real name by the way it sounds like something from 1984 like the ministry of truth but yeah the ministry of defense were using large areas of the uk like open air labs almost this only became public knowledge in the early 2000s, which is insane. The Guardian actually reported on this. Quote, A government report just released provides for the first time a comprehensive official history of Britain's biological weapons trials between 1940 and 1979. Many of these tests involved releasing potentially dangerous chemicals and microorganisms over vast swaths of the population without the public being told, end quote. For people that really believe Western countries do not experiment on their own people, there is a 60-page government report about hundreds of experiments that were being done on UK citizens without their knowledge. When I am able to find it, and if I am able to actually find the real link, I will provide it in the source material below, and if it's not there, then I can assure you I tried my hardest to find it and couldn't and I will release it later on, maybe in my website. It's not only authoritarian governments that use their people like guinea pigs. Like the Americans, you could say the British had a case of Cold War hysteria as they dumped bioweapons from planes to see how vulnerable the UK would be against Russian warfare. So instead of putting in precautions, they decided to release clouds of deadly germs on the unknowing public. That makes total sense. Quote, between 1955 and 1963, the Ministry of Defence used planes that flew from northeast England to the tip of Cornwall and along the south and west coasts. These secret flights dropped massive amounts of zinc cadmium sulphide on the people below. The chemical drifted miles inland and was easy to monitor because it was fluorescent. In another trial, the same chemical zinc cadmium sulfide was sprayed from a generator while being towed along a road by a truck from somerset zinc cadmium sulfide can cause lung cancer and possible birth defects the allies classified it as a chemical weapon during world war ii end quote so they were using weapons used legit legitimate weapons used in world war ii they were casually dropping that on the public. What were they trying to see if it was already, if it was already clarified that it was a weapon? I don't understand 
the workings of these people's minds. If they are mentally ill, if they are just deranged sadists, I will never understand. Many families in areas where biological weapons have been dumped have children with birth defects and are suffering with unexplained illnesses themselves. These families want an inquiry as they have been connecting the dots to questions that they always had. Questions that were never answered by their health professionals, as The Guardian reported in their 2002 article. Quote, However, some families in areas which bore the brunt of the secret tests are convinced that experiments have led to their children suffering birth defects, physical handicaps and learning difficulties. David Orman, an officer from Bournemouth, is demanding a public inquiry. His wife, Jeanette, was born in East Lulworth in Dorset, close to where many of the trials took place. She had a miscarriage, then gave birth to a son with cerebral palsy. Jeanette's three sisters, also born in the village while the tests were being carried out, have also given birth to children with unexplained problems, as have a number of their neighbours. The local health authority has denied there is a cluster, but Allman believes otherwise. He said, I am convinced something terrible has happened. The village was a close-knit community, and to have so many birth defects over such a short space of time has to be more than a coincidence. End quote. I always say one thing, and it's a very common line. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Orman is definitely onto something. The chemicals that were dispersed around parts of North East England at the time were said to have been used in World War II as fucking weapons, meaning they were fucking dangerous. There was no informed consent given, not that anyone would, and the effects on the village, like the one Jeanette was from, could literally last for generations, which is what it seems like by her husband's account. However, the British government remained tight-lipped about those old experiments. The Ministry of Defence stands by their claims that the chemicals they released were safe enough, even though some of the components were used in previous wars. The public continues to be lied to as paid government scientists reported that these experiments were of no risk to public health. The UK seemed to be really obsessed with germs, bio-warfare and the like as they did dozens of small experiments in all parts of the country. Some of these experiments were named the sabotage trials, very aptly named. One was even done on the London Underground. Quote, During the sabotage trials between 1952 and 1964, similar experiments were conducted. These were tests to determine the vulnerability of large government buildings and public transport to attack. In 1956, bacteria was released in the London Underground at lunchtime along the northern line between Collier's Wood and Tooting Broadway. The results show that the organism dispersed about 10 miles. Other trials include attaching bacteria to spider webs to determine how the germs would survive in different areas. The Ministry of Defence insisted these tests were safe. However, a number of families in affected areas across the UK have come forward to state otherwise. End quote. It's so creepy knowing a possibly dangerous bacteria was released on the London Underground because as a Londoner, you'll find yourself using the train to get around the city and you probably have used it since you were a young child. Just thinking about it gives me the creeps because that can still be done today. 
The underground is very poorly ventilated, which we're reminded of every summer. So what if you wanted a lot of people sick in a short space of time? The London underground is perfect for biowarfare attacks because of the condition it's in and the fact that it regularly gets crowded. Who knows what kind of covert experiments the government have already been conducting under our noses? We won't know until 40 or 50 years later when they feel it's the right time to release it and some of us will be long gone by then, which is why we have to pass these stories down so people never forget. If people never forget, it makes it harder for governments to continue doing these things in the dark. If they're so powerful though, why do they hide the fact that they have conducted several human experiments on the public? Theprintin.com simply explains this in one sentence. Quote, Many people are inclined to rebel if they learn that they are in some kind of experiment. End quote. It really is that simple. There are still more of us than there are government bots. And if the entire public was on one accord, they would not be nearly as powerful as they are today. All world governments know this, which is why they spend millions and millions on social engineering projects and experiments to change the way you think and to make you more tolerant. These social engineering tactics are also designed to cause division in communities and to create infighting so you're too preoccupied to figure out what's really going on. Have you noticed there's always something to be outraged about online? Always a new story? The media knows race is an extremely easy way to get people emotional, which is why we see so much race baiting done today, for example. A large group can always do well when they are united by one goal, so cutting that large group into very small factions that dislike each other also takes away any power they have. It all really is connected. The US government even conducted an experiment in which they were intentionally giving people cancer. This was in the 1930s, which is interesting because cancer was not common at all. Barely anyone had cancer back then. Check the stats for even the UK, Australia, any Western countries, let alone third world countries. Cancer was barely a thing back then. So it's extremely interesting that they were doing this. ScienceSensei.com reported, Quote, the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Investigations was responsible for infecting humans with cancer cells. The man leading the project was Dr. Cornelius Rhodes. He actually helped to form the US Army Biological Warfare Facilities in Maryland, Utah, and even Panama. In each one, the government, along with the Institute, began a series of radiation exposure experiments on patients in both government and civilian hospitals. Most of the experiments were done on minorities, including African-American, Japanese, and Puerto Rican-Americans. In total, around 60,000 soldiers were included too. Most were left suffering horrible, lifelong side effects. None were actually able to be given cancer either." End quote. Interesting they say none were given cancer. I'm not going to believe that personally. It's up to you if you want to believe that. But if they were trying to give people cancer, I'm betting all my money that they did give some of these people cancer and that they have just not released that because they pick and choose what they want to release. So let's not act like they're going to be so honest. These Freedom of Information Acts they do, it's only about 2% of the information that they give us. They don't give us the 98% that they're hiding. That's the juicy part that we need to find out about, guys. Remember that when they 
make you think that they are sharing things with you and being transparent because that's all reverse psychology BS. Today, I wanted to focus on the US and the UK just to shock some of you that still really do believe the West is some promised land. Obviously, it's safer than a lot of other countries in the world. I'm very safe in the UK. I can say many of you in the US probably feel safe as well to an extent <laughs> because you guys are kind of suffering out there right now. But we'll get to that in a future episode. But at least the people in those third world or unstable countries are aware that their governments are inherently evil and ruthless. These experiments highlight how breaches of ethics are way more common and systematic than people know, and these breaches have continued again and again and again. The government gets away with it because of their weird rule about when they publicly release information about their experiments. People also get paid off or are killed, and the public is not even given all the details, because I've often seen documents from 60 years ago before I was born and they're still 60% redacted, why are they still redacted? What are they still hiding? I think whatever it is, if the public found out, there would be complete chaos. I want to share a quote with you that I think is very fitting for this episode and it's from a book released in 2011 by American writer Ransom Riggs titled Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I want you to really think about this quote the next time you think the government or your country has your best interests at heart. Quote, but these weren't the kind of monsters that had tentacles and rotting skin. The kind a seven-year-old might be able to wrap his mind around. They were monsters with human faces, in crisp uniforms, marching in lockstep. So banal, you don't recognise them for what they are until it's too late. End quote. Thanks for listening guys, I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid or curious, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay curious, for real.